So it's been a really interesting journey because I didn't actually know what I thought I would find when I began this journey to try to identify what the new tribes were. I actually thought I would zero out in a place where Arabs are completely lost and we've lost our identity and we're unable to define who we are. But what I instead found was something very powerful. I found, you know, a 24-year-old minister. I found, you know, Saudi women who are directing films and breaking the patriarchy. I find third culture kids, you know, celebrating and creating interesting new creative movements. So if I leave you with one word today, I'd like it to be the same word that I always leave you with. And that word is hope. What are we getting? Urban life. What do you guys want? Neighborhood banter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. <laughs> the Dukan Show. Hosted by OT, Tuflis, Urshad, and Reem. Welcome to the tribe. Well, goddamn. Welcome back, hello, son. Hello, hello, Welcome back. Good God. You know what? What's funny is that we have been dropping episodes continuously and we've been very good at it week on week we have not missed out on any episode drops right but we haven't missed out on any deadlines we made it every week but this is the first time we're sitting to record one we haven't sat together in, in over time. like what, six weeks yeah like the last madness. time we actually sat to record was right before Ramadan. Completely. And I feel like this is my home and it's like I haven't been home in a while. Right. And I feel like I have so much to tell every like I have so much to tell you, but you've lived everything with me, so there's no point. I know. But, it know? was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, no. And a lot Khan. has happened, like yeah, Khan, I don't even know where to begin. I think we should just kinda go through it because okay. let's count our blessings. Let's count our blessings. Start off with Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um and then Thailand. Yes. Um, okay, I took off first. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know what? That's You're right. Let's do it chronological. Yeah. We. You won the trip to Cannes. Yeah, so that was with the IAA. With the IAA. Um, big up nation. Big up, <laughs> seriously. Because, I mean, once I got to figure out how much this whole thing cost, I was like, God damn, they Yo, put some paper to it. because It's not a joke. Yeah, it's so a it 13,000 Durham ticket, isn't it? $10,000. $10,000 ticket, uh, so a 30,000 Durham ticket. Yeah, like as, as a whole package. So it was a lot of money considering that ticket, hotel, the whole package. Sweet so, songs. So, you know, thanks to them because like, they really hooked the brother up, you know. Even though my hotel is like a 25-minute walk from the Palais. Yo, beggars can't be choosers, OT. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Beggars can't you know? be choosers, baby. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? But it was, it was great. It was a great trip. It was a blessing. Um, let's go through and then we talk about the trips. Where'd you go? Um, I hit up Thailand for business what, and how, pleasure. What was the time difference? Like, I took off and then was like, three, Yo, four days? It was like four days. And four honestly, days later you were out. Okay. since you left, I don't know what day it is. I'm just gunning it. Yeah. Like, uh, we've been... Uh, the count, Speaking of counting our blessings, a million and one opportunities, trying to figure out which ones are right for us, yeah. trying to figure out... Like, the hustle is absolutely real, you've and I am completely it. alive. Like, yeah. I completely feel alive. It's been that kind of week. Especially. It's been... Yeah, oh my God, this week especially. Yeah. Um, but getting to Thailand was lovely. I got to stay with my mentor, Barry, who mm. is... A phenomenal um, voice in my life with regards to business and. And what's he doing now? I thought that was kind of cool. He's writing a musical. My man. <laughs> because when it's funny, you get into this music game, uh, the audio game, yeah. it, and 
you know, uh, guys who know how to mic up entire drum sets, that practice is almost like, it's almost long gone, you know? But it sounds like a science too, doesn't it? It's completely like, a science. Now it's all, I mean, there are pros and cons to each, right? But like now everything being digital and online, like it has its benefits as well, but like that get your hands dirty and oh. figure out the little nitty gritty details of Miking up an entire orchestra, let alone just a drum set. Absolutely. Right? And Barry comes from the world where if you needed a sample of a guitar, you brought a you bought a you guitar, brought the guitar. And you recorded him. Yeah. And you, you got you know and uh I think what I am what I admire about him is the way that he understands my tenacity and my hunger and my feeling that there is no time and he gives me uh wisdom and direction. Mm. Uh, so we are working on a great project. OT is about to be dragged I'm into so it in Thailand. I'm so excited about it. And uh, then I went to Greece for some, you know, uh, quality time for some baby <laughs> babysitting and you quality time. You babysit not in Greece though. What up? What up, kids? And uh, yeah, I babysat in Greece. Went to Mykonos. Went to and then, of course, in true Reem spirit. We went for a little bit of business, and I had the way to do it. They, the you know, the company we visited, they took us out to probably the best, one of the best meals I've ever had. Oh, is that the one you've been raving about the whole time? My lord, it was phenomenal. Omar and I were just, you know, Yo, some Omar was all up in my WhatsApp about that. Like he would not stop talking about. It. I feel like he was not enjoying the meal because he wanted to tell me about the meal. He thought he missed you. He yeah, thought he I wanted you too. there. So he kept telling me like, he's like, "Yo." I'm having this now. And I was like, like, screw OT, I'm eating this right now, I'll tell him about it later. <laughs> Yo, he's just been giving me like real-time play of yeah. what he's been doing. Omar's like a play-by-play of his taste buds. What a waste of time. <laughs> like, And I think that, but we'll go there. Um, it's yeah, at... Yeah, that's next time. It, yeah, it was definitely, it's at the Intercontinental, a place called Premier. Phenomenal, um, phenomenal chef's was, table was that, experience. Like, uh, your business partner is out in Greece. That took you or something? They took us, yeah. Because okay. I and I wanted authentic Greek food as and as that. one does, but they th- but then he said no 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 let me take you here, nice. and it was a complete right. like sommelier chef's table session. Everything was matched and everything was perfect little bites. And I cannot say enough about how nice you know. Uh, so you really into it. I can't. I cannot express how, what heaven, like what heavenly things, went into my mouth that night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not gonna say anything. Yes, God. And, um, <laughs> and you know what else? Uh, I really, I really fell in love with sitting at the uh, sitting in the city, looking out and seeing history. You know, they light up all of the you know historical sites on the on the mountain. Okay. So as the evening sets, everything begins to light up, and I think they live inside history. You well, know, damn. it's really really wonderful. Um, this, I've the, never been. It sounds like we're I need, gonna go. I need to, and and the I country is going there. through a, a recession as well. Unfortunately, well, they've actually been through a recession and they're recovering. Yeah. I think like that. I've been following that. Yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, but the people resilient and Europe? wonderfully welcoming. What's the attitude like with all that going on? Unfortunately, you know what it's like to be in a recessive economy. The, you feel a slight, a slight heaviness within the people, but when we're sitting down to eat with each other, that almost goes away. You yeah. know, they do the tales they tell are tales of, uh, you know, the recession and okay. how it impacted the business and how it takes nine months, a minimum to get a payment for wow. anything so they're bankrolling and bankrolling and bankrolling till maybe there's no money sometimes yeah it's really tough uh in the entrepreneurial space mm. but 
there is there they're a country of specialists i'll say that much in our industry here we have generalists a yeah. lot of generalists and i look for specialists and those guys are specialists and that's why we went i like that yeah and and i think we need more of that that's you know legit. i hope we move more in that direction i think that's what we're trying to do right I like think we've so. been trying to move in that in that direction for a while like we've been focusing our game on what we know we're good at yeah for and sure following that 110 percent. it was really interesting it was like bj when he was when you remember like we've been going around to all these meetings and yeah bj was in a car and he looks at me he's like you know what he's like i get why you and Reem get along so well he's like because you guys operate a thousand miles an hour yeah and i'm like but that's the hustle like I it is the hustle i can't slow it down yo but no breaks we're gonna be in trouble soon kid and that's why <laughs> like, we burn out yeah that's why we um, burn out and i think and that's why we needed these trips and i think i think the trips even i i didn't i don't feel look maybe this is just a phase in my life I feel most comfortable when, when I'm doing business, yeah. and I, I I just feel happy. I feel whole, and uh, I came to terms with that. This yeah, trip, yeah, that was kind. Yeah, uh, yeah. You Yo. you were in your element. Yo. You were in your element every next level. Yeah, like when we were talking on Insta Story. <laughs> Yo, Yo, that was fun. I loved it. I think and we need to bring that back. Yeah, actually, conversations. Like we've been mellow about it. We need no, to, no, we no. We need to go back on it. We need to go back to talking to each other on a public forum. <laughs> Like everyone's like, um, shouldn't these messages be private? Reem killed something. She's like, apparently, her and Aiden thought that we didn't know how Insta Stories worked. Yeah, because and we thought it was private. I'm like, no, I know it's public. No, I, I don't care. <laughs> we <laughs> wanted to involve the world in it. And and what's funny about it is that, like, I realize now that I looked forward to seeing what you were up to. Yeah. Because we're always like usually together. Um, I looked forward to seeing what kind of shenanigans you would get up to and. Um, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot that didn't go on in the story. Of course, of course, and for good reason. Moms be watching. Exactly. <laughs> so no, no, a don't tell luck, Baba, yo. <laughs> yo. A lot of don't tell Baba and lucky auntie moments <laughs> that went down. But that's for that's for the don't you know what goes on in can I guess stays it doesn't stay there that's the problem it, it always doesn't. leaks no, no, out it's been in recorded. Like a, I think like you know what I knew you were like completely in your element because every day you were getting like four hours sleep and you were yeah. first in line every day and for I, every I do talk. seven eight hours sleep usually. damn yeah like I mean I, I don't there, need like, the kind of sleep you need but I I saw you hustling and I thought was I was so proud I was so proud because I thought you know because everything started like. Ungodly hours. Seven, seven, eight a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, okay. I need to be there at eight, so I'm usually up by six thirty or seven. But also, it's so full days of talks, lectures, workshops, all these different things to attend, and they run from about eight thirty nine a.m. to four five. Yeah, it's like a full day workshop session. Full days, and then yeah. from that, you're just networking, attending events, attending parties, and you don't stop till like three four a.m. And then you're doing the same thing again. For ten days straight, nonstop. I know you. I know you say we should go, but that's too hardcore for me. Yeah, I feel like I like much more like concise business moments rather than. So a lot of people do that, right? Yeah, which is really interesting because I was part of I was part of a program that I. That's applied right. For. That's right. So it was a bit different. Yeah, but what some people do actually, they'd book a pretty hotel room right by the palais where the festival is happening, and then. They just invite business people and CEOs for lunches, dinners, and coffee. That at sounds the hotel, like more my gig, right? So then they don't leave the hotel. Oh no, I, I probably. Nor would they get a pass for the CAD festival. It's just much more like they just meeting, there, meeting, right? meeting, and that's meeting. It. Um, and it works for some people, but then 
No, but so, but part what, of what you what we gained when I say we, you've been sharing all of the things you've learned since you've got back with everybody. Yeah. Um, part of the things we've learned is like because you were in all of those sessions, and I have to agree. Like, yeah, I have to. I can. And looking at the caliber of people that were in these sessions, right? From Ryan Seacrest, Young Guru, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. These are just celebrity names. Um, Sam Spiegel, who yeah. was the the, um, the the music composer and beat maker behind the Kenzo ad. Those are celebrity names, but then unless you're in the advertising industry, you start to appreciate names like Bob Isherwood, exactly. David Droga, David Nobe, um, and all these big names in the industry who have done amazing work that would come and give you an hour and a half to two hours of their time. Yeah, which right? is phenomenal. These are people that in an open forum you where you anything. can ask questions. Like and exactly, and it's not the big stage where it's three thousand people in the room, no, or twenty. But even even the big stage where you where you sh- shared some of the talk with Mario Testino, mm. I f- I thought, and he came through Mario Testino, one of the most interesting divas there is. Yeah, but like when you meet him, what was fascinating was that I felt like he had the right to be a diva. Um, I don't. Considering what he's done, I don't know if anyone has the right to be a diva, but the fashion world lends itself exactly. to like, wanting I, I get you. It, right? You like, need I didn't to be that in order status. to be respected. Unfortunately, and exactly. I didn't question his status about it. Yeah, but what's interesting is that he's Peruvian. Yeah, right. And he said, "If the if the culture and didn't accept me." So when he moved to you to the UK to become a fashion photographer. He, he he complained about not being accepted and being laughed at by like the Italian and the French and the British fac- fashion magazines and it, it was at the time where like you know fashion was at its height and he was not taken seriously whatsoever yeah and he's like not until he accepted his Peruvian self and started bringing in Peruvian elements to his photos yes that he became who he is today and I think that's there's the truth therein right? lies the truth when we embrace exactly who we are, yeah. the universe opens up because we've accepted that in universe within us. Exactly. And, and I think that's remarkable. And Sir Ian McKellen said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was he was all about accepting who you are first. Yeah. And being true to yourself. But how does that ring in? Like, And I, I'm being devil's and advocate, but how does that ring in Adland where everything's is manufactured? Prob- this is what I've been dealing with. So I met one of... Um, so Abe. Um, yeah. Yusuf Tukan connected me with Abe. Also, another thing, don't party with Yusuf Tukan if you cannot keep up. <laughs> um, for somebody his age, I mean, yo. YTT, man. Like, he mad, keeps going. Mad I, respect. I, eventually, I was like, listen, man, I got an early start. I'm going to bed. Look, don't be deceived by yeah. what you're seeing. I'm an old no. lady. Like, I'm, I'm already like, no, not eight to four. Yeah. I'm, unless like, it's business meetings, I'm not getting up. No yeah. thanks. That, that, YTT has no problem. Um, so, anyways, so YTT connected me with Abe from the pop-up agency. Yeah. Right? Really cool dude, Eritrean origin from Saudi. Every and grew up in Sweden. Every links, they come and stop by our stand to say hello. Every single link. Exactly. Links. So when I spoke to him, he recognized you. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I was like yeah, we know we do the Kandara, and I, I I did an interview with him, and I think that'd be like the next episode probably. Uh, phenomenal guy, and him and I connected. Like I remember, I was like Leslie Cup for an interview. So he was one of the guys that was and was peaking in our. In our program as well, and then after that, I went up to him. I was like, "Yo, um, Yusuf connected us on email." I was like, "Oh yeah, you're OT," you know, it was that kind of moment. And then I was like, "Yo, I'd love to sit with you, do a, a the can interview, and we can catch up." And he was really excited. He's like, "Oh, I heard about your show. Let's do it." And we failed to connect. I think till the last day. Yeah. Right. Because it's just been so busy. And I'm like, "All right, cool." We sat down. We did a probably about a 45 minute Episode. session. 
but then it extended beyond that where we ended up going for lunch and we hung out and we ended up spending the entire evening together and we just clicked and gelled so well because I can see you guys getting along really really well because the ten the, the things that you find um, frustrating and the things you celebrate are actually quite similar exactly yeah so one of the things I brought up and I looked at it I'm like this is the current theme of Ken yeah is they talk about authenticity they talk about transparency which let's be honest nobody's living up to but this is the problem um, in Ad- in adland nobody's but living up to but that goes to, to it's, my it's, question exactly yet, right? this is what i'm coming back to yeah um nobody has lived up to it right authenticity with themselves the creative people tend to have that but then the industry doesn't yeah if that makes sense as individuals when you talk to them and you pick their brains they have a lot to say and they are very authentic and genuine with their ideas but it's funny it's like the ones who were so true to themselves are the ones that made it and but right but and the others that so then i was like but the key so if if these are two pillars two pillar themes and can the underlying message that kind of went across everything was diversity and it focused heavily on women equal rights equal pay female empowerment yeah. etc which i was for but, but that then, comes as a response to all of the things that the have things been that happening in the in Adland and women in the past standing year. up for themselves so this was not can leading a conversation no. this is them responding it's to what has been going on reactive. it's cause and effect exactly it's reactive. right so then in that conversation I'll tell I'm like here's what I think and this is what's been bothering me I'm like when you say the theme is diversity and you speak so much about diversity where is racial diversity and where is religious diversity and that's what bothered me yeah okay right because i was like there's probably about 10 20,000 people at the festival i know all the black people already <laughs> i've been were there, there for 10 days <laughs> <laughs> well, right I, like yeah. th- there are a few hundreds of them i met everybody from south africa to kenya to senegal to america to europe to england all of the black people there i've met were were not that many to begin with but two the number of them on stage was not that many so if you are not a celebrity you are rarely on stage yes right it's russell simmons on stage it's asap rocky on stage it's common it's de la soul you had wyclef john like they're all celebrities yeah and they're on stage and i get that just like all the other celebrities that showed up and spoke but industry people there were not a lot of players right and yeah and but that speaks to you know yeah, that that speaks to actually the color right? of the industry right and he, abe's response was like it's not just that but he's like you're also forgetting there's also a lot more there's also another uh group that's being missed from the conversation which is people with disabilities yeah of course which they they have they don't have a voice you, they had, there was a massive campaign done for them and it's got a lot of awards right and especially this year but where was their physical representation at the festival. Yeah. I'm so, always I'm always look for me can I don't care for so much for the awards. I don't think what's awarded is necessarily the best yeah. personally, but what I am what I do celebrate at can is the 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 community that comes together that celebrates, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the work, the work not necessarily on stage, no. but the work within it within with, the way you And, share the can with people when you talk. That's what makes can yeah. amazing for me. Um but I am always hesitant to kind of celebrate what's being celebrated on stage. That's exactly it. And that's where I had 
conflicting emotions about it because I am in the industry and I love it and yeah. I love the creative work and the output that comes in it but I hate the old model yeah that needs to change and has not been changed mm-hmm. um, and as people and then as talking to people like him that kind of shows hope because that him and his partners founding the pop-up agency and the models they use I found it interesting and like okay great there are people doing good work and it's not just for the sake of awards but actually quality because yeah his response is like I don't apply for any of the awards he's like I show up to every festival and I make sure we take the largest amount of space and we make the loudest noise and by space it doesn't mean a booth physical space, space no. but like he's like people need to feel my presence yeah but and I agree with that right? practice and I think and that, I thought that was an amazing practice yeah and but that's our practice for the links as well mm-hmm. I don't enter collective doesn't enter any awards but we certainly take over stage we take over space we that's take it. over yeah and make we make noise. I make sure the team's on the ground saying hello mm-hmm. and making making sure that people know our name you're heard you're recognized and people know the force that you're bringing to the table yeah Yeah, and right. I think that's that's and it's not only the force but it also allows us to see who our peers truly are yeah. and that's something we forget when we're working every day in in our offices or you know in the industry we sometimes forget to see that the struggle is real on many other in many other you know offices as well but more and more I'm realizing yeah. that uh, it, it does go back to the talk with Mario that you shared which is I don't think this culture that you have in your head is actually existent and you almost need to be the pioneer in building it. Yeah. Um, and that's equally important because I now I feel like we're kind of figuring out who we are very publicly. You and I are really in it's a public... A, it's an interesting experiment. Yeah, and it's really... I've enjoyed how do you it. Feel, what do you, how does that make you feel, by the way? Like, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it because today, actually, uh, I did the interview with Illustrato yeah. Magazine on their Facebook Live page. And afterwards, I actually texted my sister and I was like, Dina, I'm, I feel shy. I never feel shy. I don't feel shy. But I was sitting down and I realized I was hashing out ideas and conflicts in a very public forum. And they're internal conflicts that They were ve- They're still very internal conflicts and about who I am and where I fit in and how I fit in and how... And I, I, I was honest. I spoke my mind that might change tomorrow. You feel naked? Very. Like, like as the day I was born. And mm. I actually have no problem with nudity. That's, mo- <laughs> that's the problem. And suddenly I was feeling really exposed. And I thought, this is right. This is how, because if I'm out there and you're out there hashing out who we are and tackling the issues publicly, then it gives other people room to toss in and teach us, yeah. you know? And I hope that we show that, okay, it's okay. And speaking know? of tackling who we are, YTT's talk, I don't know how did I skip this. Like, Oh my God. Because it's, it's been, what is it? It's been a few weeks since Cannes and like, I'm, I'm trying to remember everything there was, but it's so much to fit into one episode. Um, Yeah, YTT saga was legit. One of the things that happened at Cannes this year that made me so unbelievably proud is the ethos and the practice of the Dukan show is to share to the world our kind of our vision of our culture, yeah. which is which stands against the current kind of right? stereotype so, of the regular Arab. It's insane. And YTT and OT. <laughs> <laughs> YTT is Yusuf Dukan. Yes. 
the one and only. I feel like I need to clarify that yes. for some reason. Yeah, so it's and it's Yusuf Tukan Tukan, which is why it's two T's. YTT. Yeah. And um, <laughs> a, a champion and a friend of the Dukan show. Yeah, we and got a lot of love for him. Uh, we have so much love for him because what he did for us was, was put Dukan on an international stage. Uh, so, I, OT sent me pictures of, and then they're all over our Instagram and our Facebook, uh, pictures of our show. In the middle of Cannes. So here's here's how it went down, right? Prior to Cannes, by a few weeks, Yusuf reaches out. He's like, "Hey, let's link up for dinner." And I'm like, oh, "Cool, what's up?" He's like, "I'm preparing a talk for Cannes, and I need your help." He's like, "Actually, it was inspired by you guys." I'm like, "Oh, cool. How so?" He says, "My talk is called the New Tribes of Arabia, based on what you, based on the message you guys put out as the Dukanj." The new tribes of Arabia, and I found that really fascinating. I was like, all right, let's do dinner tomorrow. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, doing was, dinner, boo. I, I was gonna, I was gonna push it like a week later. As yeah. soon as they said that, I'm like, let's do dinner. Tomorrow. Yeah, the new tribes <laughs> of Arabia. Think about it. Right. You know. And I went down, and he showed me what he had. So previously, he had a talk called Arabs Be Like. Yeah, which, by the way, was a, a really great talk. He talk. toured it to all the way to Harvard University, international stages around the world. Um, and it's a great talk where he tries to. He has his own message of trying to showcase that Arabs are not what you see them to be, and that's uh, right? the underpinning and message of what Dukan is. But exactly. what he did first with Arabs be like is almost crack that door open on the can and ad stage. Exactly. So he got himself a name. Um, he was very well, he was very well reputed, and. He put himself at a position where they invite him to speak, right? And using that kind of leverage and power to try to tell our story was a very humbling experience for me. With me guys. too. And I, right? I will be forever grateful. And I sat with him and I kind of broke down everything. Our story, why we do what we do. I shared with him the the, the message from Hector. Um, and I just I shared everything with him. Everything I had to say about Tukan and our message and what we're doing, I shared it with him. And we're ta he's taking down notes and he's asking questions and we kind of mapped out the entire UAE segment of his talk. So his talk has UAE, Egypt, Lebanon, and Saudi Arabia. And the UAE was all based on my conversation. So he takes that and creates this talk. And which was kind of cool because then he asked us for photos and we just oh uh, yeah we get we we did some we did <laughs> we some went photos on a whole photo shoot. it was it was last minute but I'm like you know what if we're gonna go that big we're gonna gun it yeah you know like go and, bigger go home but that's kind of how we do isn't yeah. it yeah so I was like all right dope we went we got that we got our video that was supposed to play at links oh yeah never did yes <laughs> we got that so I gave him the videos I gave him everything and I'm like all right what else do you need he's like that's it I got it so tell me what it so was here's, like here's the part which gets interesting. I missed my flight. Yes, you did. Because I remember <laughs> texting OT being like, right? yo. Um, You're like, oh, hey, yo, so how's Ken? I'm how's like, Ken? Oh, I'm, You're I'm, like, ah. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> right? I remember that. So, and I was like, do I make fun? I, I, I love you so much. I was like, I'm not going to make fun of him. I was like, all right, cool. Did you catch an explain Meanwhile, I'll turn to Omar. And I'm like, what an idiot. What an idiot. Yeah. yeah. How did you I've miss your plane? Miss, I'm, I've never missed a flight Did before. you fall asleep? It was my first time. Did you sleep late? I think so. I don't know. How do you not know? What did you blank out? Like <laughs> I just remember 
rushing to the airport. Like I woke up and I just rushed to the ah, airport. Ah, you slept in. Yeah. Oh, that's happened to yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And we were we I, were the, so busy. But keep in mind, the night before, like we were shooting that video. No, no, we were and exhausted. We did a bunch of stuff. By the time I made it to bed, it was like four a.m. And you had to be up at five. <laughs> and I had to be at like five. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna stay up. Yeah. And I just knocked out. Yeah. No, I totally um, get that. But luckily, I managed to kind of switch my flight before the flight took off, so I just paid a smaller penalty. Okay, good. So I just took the very next day. Uh, okay. I flew out the very next day. So now the new concern is that, holy shit, I'm going to miss Yusuf's talk. Yeah. Right? And, like, that's the one thing I panicked about. As I'm getting there, I remember I was talking to Disa, and she reminds me, she's like, oh, by the way, Yusuf talks at five. I was like, oh, are you sure? She's like, yeah. Like, Great, I landed two. So you had so enough time. So I had time. a three-hour window to rush. I'm at the airport, at the plane, get myself a SIM card, heading out, and I saw a Lions, Can Lions booth at the airport, which is only for like gold and platinum members, which are like the VIP yeah. invitations of Can. Sweet so talk the ladies at the booth, they gave me my badge. No way. <laughs> Yo, straight up. Um, Ubered, hotel, dumped everything, kept the guy waiting, for the Uber guy waiting, and just got ready and we went down. No way. I made it for Yusuf's talk 10 minutes before he got on stage. Well done. Yeah. Wow. So it was just like all last minute. And Crazy. I even, and I was hoping I was going to get some sleep on the flight. I didn't. No, so. no. I mean, it doesn't matter. But I remember seeing, like, I remember seeing that visual of yeah. him standing on stage and our, and the new tribes of a radio behind him and you the and I on. The opening slide? Yeah, the opening slide and you and I on the basketball, this shady yeah. basketball court <laughs> in Jumeirah. And I thought, oh my God. Oh my God, we did it! Like yeah. we did something. I don't know what it was, but it's something. We're <laughs> but there. it's something. And 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 I just sat down and I was. I remember sitting and thinking like, okay, this is it. Like I get it now. That we are meant to tell this story, and Dukan's meant to tell yeah. this story. And it became so. Even though I say it over and over and over again, I believe it even more now. Mm-hmm. And he began his talk with you know. He's a typical Arab. He was born in... He's born to like... It's the same intro. Yeah. It's the same intro as his old talks. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's, it's, I remember it. He's like... He gets on stage. He's like, so I'm a typical 21st century Arab. He's like, I'm Jordanian, Palestinian, if I'm not mistaken. He's like... Born in born Lebanon. In Le- born in Lebanon. Grew up in the UK. Yeah. And I have an American accent. Yeah, and I right. live between... Uh, and, 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 and Dubai has been home for the Dubai past... Been, for the past 25 years. Yeah. Like, that's his intro every time. But right? I think it's a brilliant like, intro. It is. And he's like, and just as an Arab, I will greet you with the Arabic greeting. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. And that's how we start. And it was great, because he said that, and someone random in the audience said, Dubai goes like, alaikum salam. Oh, amazing. Like, oh, that's sweet, you know? So, so, and Someone was there that got it. You, you, you kept a, you, you shared a snippet of the beginning where he yeah. said, like he talked about us and how we're, you know. Yeah. So what he said was that we'll share it. Actually, I mean, you'll yeah. hear it. But but I'll what share it. I think it, it'd be great. Like we're we're gonna have that part at the end of this. Um, yeah. As as part of the snippet before the music mix. Um, but what was great was that how we introduced it was he talks about. Dubai being a very diverse place, uh, it's be it like there's a lot of people from different backgrounds and different places. But he's like, um, there's it also people who fit no people who fit nowhere, but at the same time fit somewhere. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Right. And then he gives a brief. He's like, okay, so it's like, so this podcast was born around that idea, and 
Reem, who is half Iraqi, half Filipino, that grew up in Canada, and Otil Sudani, that grew up in Dubai, and these are their profiles, and they found themselves, and they kind of brought this together, and this is the show, and he talks about it, um, and then he plays the video, which I wasn't happy about because he played the first draft. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I but think, it, but it gets the, the video point was across. Great. I no, think it gets the point great. across. I loved it. But it was just like I was like, because oh. you remember, like we put in so much work into yeah. those videos. You just got to roll. And I was like, oh man, he went the draft. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I think, I think that in that circumstance, if he couldn't see the difference, then no then one else good. would, exactly. right? So I, I totally that was just us being nitpicky. But the reality, which I usually am. yeah. But the reality of this is that. Um, I've never been more more confident in what the message and the purpose of Dukan is. Yeah. And I think that putting that, that was a, a milestone for us, us being on stage at um, Cannes with someone else telling our story. So now it's real. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yes. you and I usually like hood ratting around the streets <laughs> yeah. trying to like yeah. tell the story. And now I'm looking at a man who I deeply respect in our industry who has lived, you know, eons of, of journeys before me. And I obviously it's not in age, but in maturity and in, and in experience. Because mm. uh, he's not much. No, I, I look up to him. You know, as, and I really look up to him and he's standing there telling our story. And I think that that, for me, to an audience who had never interacted with us before being at either Lynx or Ken, and then you send me an Insta story of the South Africans calling you out in the street, being yo! like, "Yo, yo the Ken show, yeah," and I'm just like, yo, "Oh my so god," funny. you know? And yo, it was so weird because we were so like we were on our way to the YouTube beach party, mm -hmm. right? And I was there with a bunch of friends. We're like, all right, cool. As I tell, like, you just don't stop. There's yeah. so many things happening yeah. all at once. And we're heading down there. And these guys passed by. I was like, hey, Dukan, <laughs> yo. We're from South Africa. And I'm like, who are you? They're like, we love your stuff. And, like, they were trying to holler at me. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Nobody's going to believe this. Hold <laughs> no on. one's going to believe me. <laughs> they're not going to believe me when I tell the story. We got to take a video. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Can it's like, And they asked me, they're like, is it going to be on the Cannes Instagram? I'm like, you guys are going to be on my Insta story. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, that, that, and they like, just lined up behind me and they got into it. This is what I was. Like, this oh, is man. what. And when you when I saw that, I was like. Um, again, I had this oh my god moment. That like, was such a weird. It moment. was a weird experience, wasn't it? Yeah. And I and I remember I remember watching it and thinking, oh my god, you know, these <laughs> hello South Africa, I love you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then on top of all of it, you know, I I realize that they get it, and I want them to know. Fahad Al Buteri, Danny Neville. Yeah. I want them to know Narsi. I want them to know Sh Shindi and Shaboha. All our friends. I want them to hear them, and I want I want them to hear the stories that we've told on the show. I want them to know Lord Finesse, Lobito. Uh, you know, I want them to know all of yeah. this. And and I'm so glad when I sit down and I'm like, okay, they know they're, they're because they it. listened, they're right? And then we're like, not even two days, three days ago, we're at Ting Irie. And someone comes up to us and he's like, I downloaded every episode today. Oh, yeah, and you didn't believe him. <laughs> of course I didn't. I was like, show me your podcast show. Open your app. Because <laughs> not that I'm that aggressive, but every episode. And the truth was, he, there he had them all in his phone. Do you get what I mean? And so for me, I just want to thank anybody who listens. Like, I was so grateful because the message is real, is that we are not the Arab that you think we are. Yeah. You know, and was, I appreciate that so much. It was, it was an amazingly humbling experience in its own right I mean there's a lot of happen that happened um, I've got three 
I think this can talk is going to extend to three episodes because now we're playing Yusuf's talk yeah. today. The next one is the I one and only everybody is excited about. Is Gary V? Is Gary V? And after that, there is Abe with pop, with pop, about up. pop up, and it was just about our experiences together. Yeah. So it was just like a a lovely catch up that I had with him. Great. And the one that I wish I had got. And yo, honestly The one that got away The one that got away And I got a lot of love for Adisa for put, coming through with this Was Young Guru Okay So I found out Young Guru was being brought by her PR agency The, the agency she works for uh, Fleshman Hillard Fleshman Hillard Yeah And So they brought out Young Guru to do a talk there And turns out Young Guru is going to come and speak at our program in the sessions Oh wow So straight up I, I dropped her and I was like Hey, can you hook it up? She connected me. She she dug out the people bringing him out. Those dude named Ryan, and she connected me with Ryan. And I was like, "Yeah, definitely, let's make it happen." And we booked it in the calendar. Done. His talk at was at one, four o'clock. I'm sitting with him to do the session. Yeah. I got Young Guru, Jay Z, sound, <laughs> sound engineer, engineer yeah. producer, main, but and, everything. But like, this is the thing. Like no Jay Z song goes public without Young Guru yeah. sitting with him and said, "Let's do it." And uh, Young Guru, in my opinion. Is shaping the story of hip hop in our time. You know what he said. One of the key things that Young Guru said, and I was like, I, I think I was the only one that applauded, and people looked at me weird. But he's like, how they make music and how the entire Rockefeller camp makes music is that they see what is happening on mainstream and underground scenes or alternative. What is happening in the world of hip hop, and they like, how far away can we go from that? Yeah. So when Jay Z drops tracks, he intentionally tries to go as far away as possible from what everybody else is doing. Okay, but having said that, Jay Z can do that. It, this is what I wanted to come to. It's like what Mario Testino talks about his photographs. It's like when, you know, X Y Z fashion designer wants to be avant garde with his designs. I'm like, because you're on that pedestal, that Av- allows you to do that. Avant garde is a privilege, baby. Like avant garde is a privilege on an international stage. Because that's the thing is that, you know, Jay-Z can go rogue. I expect him to. I exactly. want you to. Because, because you, you have, quote-unquote, made it. And you you know deci- what I mean? It's not, it's not just that, but he has enough clout to decide what a sound should be. Yes. In, in his own right. You get me? Like, I don't know. If Jay-Z decides to mumble rap tomorrow, people follow? I'm just throwing that question. Not to play devil's advocate. I don't know. But at least he has enough clout to experiment. Yes, but and do a different sound. I I agree that he has enough clout to experiment, but I think it's much more than clout. I do think that it's bravery. I think there's a bravery to it, yeah. and it's much more than it. It takes cajones. It takes massive cajones to, to 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 do what he does. But I feel personally like there is a deeper message. Yeah. What I what I'm looking at when I look at the evolution of the Solange album, the Beyonce album, and the Jay Z album, which is how you should look. Yo, it's like at that meme. Shout out to the elevator. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to the elevator because in that elevator you actually see. And I, you know, obviously we care about underground. Obviously we care about those artists that are re- renegade and that yeah. are pushing, you know, their own content and really changing the game in their own way. But these guys go mass really fast and when mass I say the entire world around that's it and and if you have that kind of clout like you say um, I expect you to tell the stories of our time I expect you to tell them in a way that is remarkable and I believe they're they're yeah. rising to that challenge yeah so 
and this is, and I wanted to address that. Right? I wish you did. I wish it and didn't fall apart. Unfortunately, just, you, you didn't freaking, get to. You didn't get. Ryan. I didn't get to sit with him because, like, I think I hope his name was not Ryan. But <laughs> anyway, you didn't get to sit. You didn't get no, to sit with just be, No, it's just from what I understood. What happened was that the deal they had with uh, Young Guru with his talks kind of fell apart. Okay. And he decided he doesn't want to do any interviews or any talks, and he kind of bounced. So, anyway, so that's the one that fell fell through. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but I was excited about it. I got some audio clips from that. Anyways, from his talk. But I, th- I think um, overall... So some just decent sound bites. You know what it is? Sometimes just being in the presence is all you want to do. And the hope that you will be infected by whatever yeah. it is that makes him brave. You know, yeah. I know it sounds stupid and like really... No, but, but just being exactly in the it. space. Uh, sometimes I think that there are people that are elevated creatively. They tap into the matrix of creativity really, really what, fast. I don't know what they tap into, but whatever it is... Oh, I, I'll tell you what they tap into. <laughs> <laughs> but like, look, I think that's part of it is that to sit in the presence of somebody who I believe shapes a lot of young people, a lot of older people and a lot of music uh, that is relevant to our time. Um, I feel like I'm happy you were in his presence. Really? And that's it, really. Yeah. You know, and I think what was great is that to be in their presence in a space where they feel like they're here to teach something. Yeah. As opposed to being at a red carpet or at a event, because you could be with them in the same space, but then the state of mind, the energy, the conversation, everything is Completely. different. Completely. This was in a, a space of trying to bestow whatever knowledge they have. Yeah, to share. To, to share, right? Yeah. And they're here to come help and educate and boost whatever it is people that are doing. Because, like, I'm not the biggest Wyclef John fan, but Wyclef and Young Guru are two of the biggest tech heads they are yes they, they are do. obsessed with yeah. technology like, I, they White, do they I'll, do like you should hear his talk white left talks about how much money he's taken from his music money he makes from his music and he invests in tech and he invests in startups and businesses like he's incredibly involved in the latest technology and so is young guru young guru breaks down everything in ones and zeros like binary no so his theory is that which which is um the quantum quantum physics theory and they use it in quantum physics which is that you have an infinite number you have infinite numbers between zero and one right so then you have infinite possibilities that can I occur see that. and that's how we look at music okay so it has this very um, scientific weird angle musical like, minds barry tells me musical yo, minds are mathematical minds yo like yeah. the way he breaks it down and he actually got up and started writing on the board and like explaining his theories and how he does it and the one thing I regret is that I was like, I wish I recorded all of that talk because that talk is not. But you video. don't have access. Oh, you don't have that access was, to it. No, that is never recorded. These are private sessions. Ah. So it's only the twenty people in that room. You got what you got. You didn't get it. That's it. Okay, I see. So that's why I got like three notebooks full of notes, and then I got a f- bunch of videos and photos from all the talks. The only talk that I got in its entirety, and that's Gary V's, because I was like, Yo, I'm gonna take a video of the whole thing. He's like, dude, do it. For your f- content, do what you want to do. Okay. So like he gets it. So like yeah. But I I think all in all, you know the the experience of Khan is for those who are in the ad industry or in the creative con in the content creation industry. There are obviously many different other there are many other different conferences you can attend depending on They're your like, specialization. Yeah. Like Vid- VidCon, if you're video creator, yeah. Is a- that's the one that it was, it was around it the was same recent, time right? yeah the, the problem the is time. they all overlap because of the yeah, weather yeah. right and that was, I think it was in San Diego or something. yeah yeah and yeah. then there's there's now there's VR cons that are happening for yeah, virtual yeah. reality Where's music yeah, him, oh yeah where there's music like I think that there is a value in going and being amongst peers 
who share the same passions and drive that you that that you do and um because we are a part of adland um this is a place for us to like really celebrate who we are and what we do not on stage not by awards by any means agreed but definitely I think I'm, in like, sharing space and wisdom like i'm not gonna lie i got a lot of love for abe and i'm gonna adopt his theory just you show up you take the largest space and you make the most noise. yeah yeah and i think like, that but that's life isn't it i need it? that more than i'm like i'd rather do that any day over the award because yeah. that's where you're hurt absolutely right? but it's also it's if you're using it as a marketing tool for yeah. yourself you winning awards is only a small faction of of actual marketing but the reality is getting people to know your personality and your business's personality it. because it Yo, should in theory be a reflection up, of you I rocked every Finchetto design I have <laughs> I rocked every Afro and Co design I have thank you for the support thank you for the support ladies. I rocked the can hoodies it was it was 25 degrees and it's hot man's is rocking a hoodie I'm rocking hoodies and shirts with the can like I made sure people knew. You know, but I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. But, you know, uh, for us, we kind of always rock the can because we love it and we mm -hmm. believe in it and it's so very us. Um, us being the community but and the culture. But it's just because, there, to me, it's a difference when you're on a Lynx platform versus when you're at a camp platform because now I'm speaking to people from furthest parts of the world, right? I'm talking to everybody from the states to hong kong to south africa yeah. to europe to asia and all the brightest minds from different parts of the world yes. congregate in the space yes and the only reason why can is the i mean how many advertising award conferences and award shows are there right but like the reason why can still holds is because it's the oldest and it's the longest lasting and it's the one that for some reason everybody feels the need to be at right I, I'm happy going every year just to sit and talk to people because now I go with agenda. Yeah, right? of course. I have a plan. Like, But that's it, any conference. I don't think anyone should enter a conference no. without a purposeful agenda that Definitely. has nothing to do with Definitely. the actual conference. Definitely. You know what because I mean? Because like, it's just before I went. Like I knew exactly what I wanted exactly. to do. Exactly. I already knew I which would talks never, I wanted to attend. I knew exactly what I, tell I had people, in mind. I tell people, don't go to the links if you don't have... The, uh, not even the links. Don't go to any conference if all you want to do is see who wins the awards and see who you might meet. That does meet. nothing for you. No. You need to go in with a clinical agenda to promote something or to raise awareness or to get sponsorship or 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 and it the it's no longer just for advertisers it's the international festival of creativity so that advertisers are like uh, it's a small a faction tiny. of it now yeah so just to give you a size of the magnitude of this conference it was like if you attended every talk and chances are you I mean, couldn't it's impossible because yeah. you usually have two and three four talks sometimes all happening at once yeah That is only 13% of the whole festival. Yeah, the festival so is, is massive. There's no way you're going to make it to everything, right? Yeah. So it's like one thing you have to learn is not to is to learn to deal with FOMO from day one. <laughs> FOMO. Because you are going to miss on great stuff. But also it But keeps you targeted. That's it, right? You it have to know you your agenda exactly. and know where you'll and be you because you of your agenda. Go. And with these kind of things, it's just you rock up, you know what you want to do, you gun it, and you don't sleep. Yeah. Because there's no time. Yeah, I get that. You're there for 10 days. You just kill it. Like, yeah. make sure you're out there every day hustling and pushing and talking to people. You get things done. You network. You get the right people to know, uh, to hear you out, to see what you got. And one of the things is that I've become very familiar with very quickly is that when you have something of value to offer, 
people who would who, people who work 20 hours a day and sleep for hours would give you time yeah that's true that's but that's my mo as well always like i'm not gonna give you five minutes of my time that's the if elevator pitch you have nothing to offer me and i'm not saying i want something from no. you i'm saying we need to exchange that's because it. i sleep four hours and i'm not gonna give you any more of that any more time and i agree with that completely yeah i just sleep seven you, yeah you sleep seven but which is lovely um <laughs> No, no, people should sleep seven hours. Don't, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> people, everybody sleeps seven hours. Don't listen to me. What I'm just saying is like my time is really compressed. Our time is really compressed. Yeah. But beyond that, I think that can altogether. Um, but beyond can, me, uh, I encourage we should go, mo- we should go to more things that celebrate sure. the things we love because we love so many things. Yeah. <laughs> like, why aren't we going to South by Southwest? Why aren't let's, we going to, do you get what I mean? I think, I think we should. I think we should. Speaking of time, I think seven. Everybody else is waiting on us. Alrighty. So I think we leave. We leave with. Uh, We're going to a party tonight. We leave with uh, YTT's <laughs> talk. Yeah, with a segment from YTT's talk. Uh, YTT, Mad Love Fam. Thank you for supporting us. For putting us on stage. I appreciate. I appreciate. Love you, Sid. <laughs> It gives me great pleasure to introduce the UAE chapter of the IAA. They will talk about how the Arab digital generation is shaping their identity, their creative expression, and their future. So please give a very warm welcome now to the final speaker of the day, the Group Vice President, Brand Marketing and Loyalty, from the Jumeirah Group, Yusuf Toukan. Good afternoon, everyone. You may not know it, but I am a typical Arab. I was born in England. I have an American accent. My dad's Palestinian. My mother's Lebanese. I grew up between Kuwait and Jordan, and Dubai has been home for the last 21 years. Pretty typical, pretty standard. So on behalf of the 392 million Arabs that extend from Morocco to Iraq, I bid you welcome, and I say to you, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. I really want to talk a little bit as well about the UAE where I'm from because I think the UAE has become the kind of the magnet that's attracted the most in terms of these new tribes of Arabia where we're into, there are over 200 nationalities now represented in the UAE and when I grew up as a child as a Palestinian and a, as a Lebanese we grew up in Kuwait because Kuwait was a land of opportunity economically 30 or 40 years ago. Today that land is the UAE and very specifically Dubai. And it's attracting a whole new generation of young people today who belong nowhere and in a sense belong everywhere because we're kind of creating our own tribes and building our own kind of communities around ourselves. And one of the things that are probably most emblematic of this is a podcast called The Dukan Show. Omar is, um, is Sudani but was born and raised in the UAE and his partner Reem is half Filipino, half Iraqi and grew up in Canada. So very emblematic of these third culture kids where the concept of the Dukan is the, the corner shop or the tuck shop and that's where all the kids used to go play. No matter who you were, that's where you wound up every day. And they're trying to build a similar platform today with their podcast. What up, tribe? You chilling at the Dukan show right now with your man Big Two. World famous beat nuts in the house, baby. Yo, this is your brother Yasin, also known as Narsi. You tuned into the Dukan Show. What's going on, everybody? It's your man Odyssey, and you are now in tune to Dukan. This is Fed Libertari. I'm so glad to be on Dukan. Really engaging personal experiences and personal interviews. Welcome to your tribe. 
So it's become quite emblematic because it's actually become a celebration of being a third culture kid, a celebration of being somewhere where, you, where everybody belongs and nobody belongs. And if you see some of the artists that they talk to, it's people like Narsi, you know, he's an Iraqi Canadian, um, you know, journalist and hip hop actor. Um, it's people like Sheb Moha, who's a photographer, a director, he's got a fashion label, and there's a lot of really interesting cultural things coming out of this with these people who belong nowhere and are kind of unshackled from having to belong to a tribe, and they're able to express themselves in interesting ways. People like Chindi, for example, again, creating a new visual language through his photography, and these people are actually working with a lot of great brands today because they're creating a new vision that a lot of brands haven't seen before. And one of the most notable people um, in this kind of new tribes is, is El Cid. This is a, an artist who, who creates what he calls calligraphy, where you take you know, calligraphy, this kind of beautiful storied ancient tradition, and it's completely updated and modernized. And if you see what he's done, for example, here in Egypt, this is an incredible piece of work that he created last year called Perception. And this can only be seen from the top of a mountain uh, at the site of a Coptic church. It's just amazing. I mean, the scale of ambition and creativity that went into this thing is absolutely amazing. And he's, I would read, he's got a wonderful TED talk where he talks about this and about the community of Christian Copts that he was with. And these people are actually called the Zebalin, the garbage people, because these are the people that actually collect the garbage in the city of Cairo and bring it out and recycle it and repurpose it every day. And it's, a, it's an incredibly human story as well behind, behind the art and the creativity. And you even look at this, for example, this is a band called The Recipe, and these three guys, this is probably the hottest hip-hop band in Dubai, but one guy is Chinese-English, one guy is Italian-American, and the other one is like half Swiss and half French. So again, I cannot see a more emblematic group of people, and by their own admission, they say, you know, you could say that Dubai has become the third culture community capital of the world. So all these tribes, we're all coming together and redefining ourselves and kind of, again, where we belong everywhere and we belong nowhere. But when people talk about women in the Middle East, these are the sort of images that you see, women that are covered. But what's really notable is when you realize who these three women are. The first one is Lubna al-Qasimi. She's the Minister of State for Tolerance. There's actually a cabinet position that's been created now to find a way to encourage the 200 different nationalities that live in one country to actually understand and work better with each other. The second one is Rahud al-Rumi, the Minister of State for Happiness. Yes, we have a cabinet position for happiness because the government's belief is that the greatest thing a government can do is make people happy because if you feed them, clothe them, make them satisfied, you make them happy. And the third one is the Minister of State for Youth Affairs. This is a cabinet minister who's 24 years old. And in a part of the world where over 50% of the population is under the age of 30, this is more important and more valuable than ever. So it's been a really interesting journey because I didn't actually know what I thought I would find when I began this journey to try to identify what the new tribes were. I actually thought I would zero out in a place where Arabs are completely lost and we've lost our identity and we're unable to define who we are. But what I instead found was something very powerful. I found you know, a 24-year-old minister. I found, you know, Saudi women who are directing films and breaking the patriarchy. You find third culture kids, you know, celebrating and creating interesting new creative movements. So if I leave you with one word today, I'd like it to be the same word that I always leave you with, and that word is hope. Because every time I stand up and give a talk about the Middle East, I always say that I've never seen it as bad as it is. The threat we have today from sectarianism, from inequality, from war, from violence, has never been worse. And somehow, every time I get on a stage, I realize it can actually get worse. And so we really do need hope today, because we really find ourselves staring in the face of adversity and challenges. But the reality is that adversity and challenges are the perfect ingredients for a renaissance. And there's never been a better time. And you're actually seeing a revolution taking place on the streets all over the Middle East today. 
today. But it's not a political revolution. It's a revolution of expression and the way in which people are communicating and expressing themselves. And the tools to be able to do that have never been greater. And, and what we see today is new tribes being formed, tribes that are united around what people believe, what people love, where their passions are. And I have a lot of hope and a lot of ambition. And I really do believe that we're going to see something great come out of this. Because what we see today is these tribes are actually, because what we need today is we need the best of us to unite against the worst of us. So that's my hope. I hope you share it. Hope you like my talk. And as I said before, assalamu alaikum. Peace, peace be upon you all. Thank you very much. Which I loved because it's obviously my amazing team. Yeah. And Martino, shout out to Martino Martini, the amazing photographer. And Dina Yassin, uh, Efro and Co. Amazing work. Uh, shout out to Tarek, you know what I mean? Like, from Fujera, from home. But, I mean, yo, I mean, but like, Disa came through. Like, I got, I got a shout lot out. of respect for that. Like,